Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks. Are we on NPR now? Hey. Yeah, that's not NPR thing. Uh, let's get started. <clears throat> Welcome to the Delicious Dish. This week, Katie and I have uh, Charles. Talk about food. Charles Randolph, who is going to be talking to us about a new diet he is on. It is called the Salmonella Diet. Uh, Charles, would you please uh, tell us how you came to discover this, this this magnificent diet and weight loss regimen? I thought a good idea to lose weight was to contract food poisoning by taking a chicken and not having it cooked all the way through to the end, and then just kind of eating parts of it and going, whatever. You know, so my stomach's us. strong. So I've gone us. through worse. What exactly degree of undercookedness must the chicken attain in order... Yeah, are we talking like 159 degrees and a 160 degree bird, or are we talking Let's like... Let's just say the leg was 165 degrees, and then like the breast meat was probably... 60. <laughs> I see. So we're, we're, we're taking the average approach, in which the average temperature of the bird should be about 110 degrees. And there you Ew. have it, folks. Oh, God, no. This is how you contract food poisoning. No. You know, I had a similar, Undercook your poultry. I, I had a similar experience in grad school when I was doing my field work. And, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> Wait, were you out in the desert and got food poisoning? That sounds we, like the worst experience need, of all time. We need time. to stop this. I, no, no. I had a similar experience in, in, in graduate school when I was doing my field work in a remote Polish village, and the peasants there didn't exactly know what a stove was because they had been so oppressed during the Soviet regime that they generally cooked their their, their meats by by holding it out in the sun and rubbing it upon themselves. (laughs) The mortality rate there is 59%. You know, I could see something like that working, like in a in like a beef tartare sort of way, where you pound it down so oh, thin Lord. and you're cooking it. With, I've never like, had tartare. I've had carpaccio. I just don't I understand. Once. I don't understand the appeal. It has to be like if it comes out and it's like if it's not like I'm talking like paper thin. You send that back. That's no. That is no, 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 no. It has to be like paper, super paper thin. But right. I don't should we talk about that right now because nope. I don't want food. Nope. We should instead. We should talk about the Hobbit. The Hobbit. In the shortest <laughs> chapter right. ever read by us. Even though like I feel like I feel like we've made slightly a mistake. I by, feel like I feel like this let's just do a clean break and start over. Okay. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Talking Dolgeen. I am much more solemn than usual because Again with the NPR. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. Uh, we are reading and discussing chapter 13 of The Hobbit this week. Not at home. Which is the name of the chapter, and also presumably your current status, if you, like many of us, listen to podcasts while commuting. Hey! Why, why is this... Okay, all the chapter names for this, this book so far have been awesome. Having read this chapter and then hearing that one, that one kind of sucks. Well, I mean, 
That was that felt like Tolkien kind of being like, I don't know, not at home. We have there we go an unexpected party. Roast don't read mutton, through the entire chapter list. Over mountain and under tomb. If you recall, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I right. remember I just kept messing that chapter. Oh, that's type. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in all seriousness, I'm I'm John. I'm Katie. I'm Chase. Uh, so Chase, why don't you catch us up? Uh, last week, where did we leave Bilbo and company? Dragon flew off the lake town. Yup. And they were stuck. They were also stuck okay. in the little <laughs> hole that they had kind of like found in the side of the mountain. Yes. And we, we catch up with them and it's been basically two days where they've been stuck in this little hole and they've been afraid to move. Well, yes. Well, they can't move one way, but they've been afraid to move back into the treasure room. Because, of course, you know, previously the dragon had been clawing at the mountainside and caused an avalanche uh, to cover up, which is why we're stuck in this passageway now, to cover up the secret passageway. Um... So, you know... I feel like we need all... a last week on. <laughs> last week on. Um, so, of and course, yeah, they're kind of... There. Whoa. That's like Dr... Wow. Dr... I, I was... What was the bad guy from Inspector Gadget? Claw. Just Claw. Oh, yeah. Claw. Just yeah. Claw. Mm-hmm. Like Madonna. Next time, Gadget. I think that guy's job from now on is being in Transformers movies, which is very sad. That voice actor is pretty awesome. That is the best thing about Revenge of the Fallen. Let's not okay, get into that. Okay, but back on right, so, no. so, yeah, so, you know, we're all, the company is hiding out in this passageway and being generally nervous and antsy. And, you know, it's been a couple of days. And finally, Thorin is like, I got to get some air. I got to get some air. And people are starting to get kind of panicky. So, Important um, dwarfs got to get some air. Mm. Yeah. And there's all this drama because they can't get outside. And so all the dwarves are like, we're going to die. This is the end. And then Bilbo is like, let's just go into the treasure room. And, you know, previously we knew there was a dragon in there. Mm -hmm. And then we knew that there wasn't a dragon in there. But now we don't know whether or not there's a dragon in there. Right. But we should really go anyway. Bilbo it was worth so, something like that. Well, and so, of course, they want to send Bilbo, and Bilbo doesn't really want to go. Yeah. And Thorin is like, you're the burglar, now is still your, your moment here. Yeah. He's starting, to, he's starting to, like, deserve a little bit more than a 14th of the treasure now. However, point. Bilbo also said something that I really liked um, while he was kind of like, okay, come on, guys, we let's just go down into the chamber. I mean, we, we have to do something. So he said, uh, he, he said a line that I really like. He said, come, come, he said, while there's life, there's hope, as my father used to say, and third time pays for all. So basically, <laughs> we're, we're, he's like, uh, we're still alive. We're, so. we're getting a, a lot of bongo baggins lately. Yeah. 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 Like all of these things, like my father, as my father used to say. A lot which, of untrust, uh, of, uh, ugh, a lot of untested uh, truisms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we wonder, did bongo baggins actually say these things? Or is Bilbo just kind of pulling them out of nowhere? No, he totally said them. Is he he pulling them out of his bongo? (laughs) Yeah, he totally said them. He just said them while his words were slurred while he was yelling. (laughs) Oh, God. I take that back. I don't know where I was going with that. Okay, we're we're turning turning (laughs) this into, like, Harry Cruz's childhood. I take it back. This has become, like, an incredibly brutal memoir of growing up in, like, the the poor rural south. But instead of that, what we're actually doing is uh, venturing bravely yet cautiously down into this chamber where previously a dragon was sleeping um, and where, you know, all of the company are still nervous that that dragon is going to come back to very soon. Um, So Bilbo suggests, okay, let's just go down and together together and let's go make it out to uh, the, the front gate because that's the only way out now. 
um, that we know of. Because this is something I'd forgotten about for a while. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's like a big fortress or something. Yeah. I forgot yeah. that and for a period of time. So they, you know, Bilbo starts to uh, creep silently as is his skill set. And the dwarves are doing their best to emulate him, but of course they're making a racket anyway. Right, because and dwarves are nowhere near as quiet as hobbits. So <laughs> once he senses he's getting near the end, Bilbo slips the ring on. And instead of going invisible this time, it puts a mariachi hat on him and starts <laughs> launching fireworks. Uh, That's so, great. <laughs> no, he, he puts the ring on and he's, he's kind of feeling against the wall. And it's so dark that when the tunnel ends abruptly and he's like trying to feel the wall and he doesn't feel anything anymore, he kind of falls over into the... He just slips yeah, and falls. He can't see anything. You know, imagine what it's like to be in that big of a space in the dark. Now, fun story, I have been to several cave systems yeah. um, throughout my childhood, which is, uh, I, I love it, love caves. Are you responsible um, for white, no- white nose disease? I am not, okay. no. Uh, She's responsible for curing it. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but anyway, of- I, I remember one of the caves, I, I believe it was in Mammoth Cave. Um, uh, That's got the, one of the biggest chambers Yeah, it's on got Earth. a huge yeah. chamber. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was on this one. So we were on, you know, a guided tour, and we got to one of the biggest chambers in the cave. And um, basically what they did was they turned off all of the lights and uh, asked everyone to see how long they could stand there completely silent. Um, I always won that game. I know, me too. I always won that game. And very but, quickly you heard Eldritch screaming and <laughs> oh, yeah, blood yeah. curdled. Very quickly you hear people coughing and shuffling around and stuff because they turn off all the lights and suddenly, like, not only is it just black pit dark, it's also, you know, deafeningly quiet, if that's a thing that you can fathom. Uh, ex- you know? Except for, like, the drippings of water, yeah. the weird bat spats, yeah. the... But still, it's un- it's uncomfortably quiet and dark, and you know, like you know, the darkness. See, you know, I, as we saw when when the p- passageway opened in the mountain last mm-hmm. time, um, and it said, you know, like the do- the darkness seemed to like come forth out of the out yeah. of the mountain. It's kind of like that. It's like a consuming darkness. So it's, it kind of makes me wonder how how, how did, does sm- is able small able to see in the dark or anything like that, or was he like keeping things lit? Dude can breathe fire. Yeah, I mean, dude I'm can just breathe thinking, fire. Did, did he have like a big fire? That, was he the light source then? <laughs> could be. Also, you know, he could. There, there could be sources of light that he uses. Maybe, or also, who knows? Can dragons have better sight in the dark than we do? Well, uh, anyway, getting back to the point, uh, <laughs> there is one light source that Bilbo quickly sees, and it's just a faint sort of. Glowing dangle, in dangle. the distance, what? and then yeah. the second his torchlight reaches it, it erupts in this beautiful fiery uh, splendor. And Bilbo yeah. Weedy is like, "Oh, the Arkenstone! I'm just gonna slip this in my pocket." They did say I could take a fourteenth of the treasure. They didn't say I couldn't take this. Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't really—he's not really thinking about it though. That like the Arkenstone, it—it's kind of like he's Possessing drawn him. to it, yeah. you know. Um, which Again. something else has done that to him. I mean, Again, at the same just... time, to. to Stay away from shiny things, Middle <laughs> Earth. Come on. At the same time, to give some some airtime to the the Arkenstone is not a Silmaril crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does say that it was found in a kind of rough state and was fashioned and recut by the dwarves. That is mm-hmm. true. I did notice that. Like it was specifically talking about like the craftsmanship of the dwarves on it. Yeah. And I was um, like, oh yeah, this is starting to not seem like Silmaril anymore. At the same time, our narrator could conceivably be, be unreliable. I mean, we could we could say that uh, uh, Feanor. I mean, who to say that Feanor's originally 
like the one that he made, the Silmaril, was bigger. And when the dwarves found it, it they did actually mm-hmm. knock it down a bit. I mean, conceivably that could be possible. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I mean, it's again, or also it's that the lava that you know could have yeah stripped off some of it. I don't know. I like um, I like the the passage that is talking about when Bilbo lays eyes on the on the the Arkenstone. Says um, the great jewel shone before its, his feet of its own inner light, and yet cut and fashioned by the dwarves who had dug it from the heart of the mountain long ago, it took all light that fell upon it and changed it into ten thousand sparks of white radiance shot with glints of the rainbow. So, again, Ooh, the like, glints of the rainbow is a great bit. Something that shines with its own light is—I mean, it just—it's. It screams Silmaril. So, but again, we don't know. I like it's that. Just, added, I, I like it. I like the added detail of the rainbow bit because it's mm-hmm. like you ever flash of, like a, a, a like a you ever get lens flare with a, like a flashlight onto like a camera mm-hmm. and it has that kind of like rainbowing effect on the edge of the light. Or to, you have those little like prism crystal thingies yeah. that bend light. Yeah. To be fair, uh, the Silmarils do not shine with their own light. They shine with the light of the two trees. Well, yeah, but. This, they're, the Silmarils are described as shining with their own light, which is the light of the two trees. It's borrowed light. Okay. Okay. We're <laughs> all you didn't make that. Light. So anyway, um, Bilbo pockets it, and then he, he's... Now, I, I like his quote as soon as he does it, too. He says, Now I am a burglar indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> he has burgled something. Well, also, was it like... Something because he was burglaring from big. the dwarves. Yeah. Um... But he also, yeah, he's thinking about he's, you know, he he would really like to keep this Arkenstone. It's very pretty. This might be my cut. Yeah, but he Part has. Of my cut. But he has this feeling. He's like somehow I feel like this is not among the treasure to be divvied up fourteen ways. Okay, <laughs> sorry. So anyway, uh, he reconvenes with the. Oh well, no! The so his torch goes out. He like he sees a little crack and he goes up to oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fresh air. Chamber. And then something swamps him, and it turns out it's just a bat. Chase is very happy because there are bats. Bats, yep. Uh, but also, poor little Bilbo is given quite a fright because something flies over his head. And so, what would you think in that situation? Ah, dragon! Yes. But it was just a little bat. So, in doing so, he drops his torch, and it goes out. So he yells back to the dwarves, and the dwarves are like, "Okay, well, we owe we owe, we owe this to Bilbo." So they all light their torches and start to shuffle in. And finally, after being scaredy cats the whole chapter, and, and Bilbo seeing their light, kind of goes up to them and congregates. And then everybody's like, ooh, ah, and they spend a lot of time basking in like the jewels and the gold. Mm-hmm. And Thorin picks up a, a a coat of silver steel that was made for a young elf prince but never delivered. We might know it also as Mithril. It says, here, Mr. Burglar, is the beginning of your pay. Cast off that grubby old coat. Mm-hmm. And he gives him a leather and metal studded helmet too. And Bilbo kind of thinks that if anyone in the Shire could see him, they would think he looks funny. Um, well, they would probably think that anyway, because he'd probably be thinner <laughs> than anybody else in the Shire. Um, and, of course, also at this time, so all of the dwarves are kind of basking in the glow of this treasure, and um, we're told how how dwarves become around riches and gold and treasure, and that they become bolden, but also they're made more fierce by it. And because... their pupils and their irises morph together to form dollar bill signs. <laughs> like... Well, they're just, you know, they're very drawn to it. Dwarves do have this kind of, like, greedy, gold miserly madness? gold madness. Or dragon madness? Yeah. Like uh, side to them. Um, but then there are also, you know, there are some really fine instruments in there, and Feely and Keely start to play some music, and 
the dwarves all outfit themselves with new weapons and, and arms and stuff. And my favorite little detail, because they were magic harps, they were still in tune. Yeah, yeah that was and, cool. And that was because, so cool. And because the dragon doesn't know how to play them, so or, he doesn't touch them. And doesn't them. care as well. <laughs> I, I love the little bits of like how magic springs up in like mm-hmm. small things. Like The dwarves have a little bit of magic mm-hmm. that they're using on stuff. And that Black Lotus card and the horde that... Bilbo eventually takes home. That deals how much damage? That's not what a Black Lotus is used for. I'm lost. Magic, Magic the, gathering. the Gathering? Black okay. Lotus is like the most valuable card in the I game. I know yeah. nothing about that. <laughs> if you had said like, I don't know, like... A first edition holographic Charizard in mint condition? I don't even know that. <laughs> oh, that was the but, most... But, but what you said sounded important. So I will go with that. That sounded important. That okay. sounded way more important than the Black Lotus thing. Nerd out aside, um... They're, you know, they're kind of basking in this treasure, and Bilbo, of course, is kind of laughing to himself. But then are, you, are you saying that Bilbo is basking in his Robin? <laughs> that was stupidest. Because he's been Robin. <laughs> okay. Bad joke of the day. Um, but he, before too much longer, he's starting to worry about how much time they're spending among the treasure, and still worrying about whether or not this dragon is going to come back. Well, because unlike the dwarves, he is not held by the spell of gold for yeah. a long time. So he he speaks up, and he's like, uh, "Hey, Thorin, I really think we should get moving." And and, and Thorin's like, "Stop being stop being the Thorin in my side, Bilbo." <laughs> I said well, bad joke. That was the bad How joke of the day. How has that not come up before? <laughs> well, now it has. My genius works in mysterious ways. Two bad jokes in like less than a minute. This is great. Um, so anyway, Thorin decides, yeah, it's time to go. Um, and he leads the way to the front gate. By memory, even though everything looks kind of different because it's yeah. been blasted up and stuff. Yeah. Um, and on the way, they go into the chamber of Thror, which of course was Thorin's grandfather. Um... And it, this was his hall of feasting and council, but of course now it's in ruins and there are skeletons everywhere. And, and, and my favorite detail, the, there's a little stream that starts up here that becomes the river that feeds mm-hmm. the long yeah. lake. And uh, they like harnessed the spring and carved a channel f- for it that's like flowing through various rooms. Yeah. I, just, I loved that. Yeah. I, I have a special thing for hydrology though. <laughs> so yeah, now they... They come across this stream that runs into the running river, and they follow it to the front gate. This is where I got a little bit confused about the geography of this area. Is this like a super uh, hilly area, or is this like a plain? Well, they're on a mountain. They're on a mountain. I know it's on on a mountain, but they're coming off the mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like the opening that they're... Are they going through the main opening? I would imagine right? yes. I would imagine that despite b- being a lonely mountain, it would still have some foothills. Yeah. So would the main... Like my question is, is, like, would the main opening to the mountain, would that be at... I don't think it's at sea level. Okay, that's... That, I think it's, it's like... not the base. In, in, in my mind, it's like halfway up the mountain. It's halfway up. Okay, because that makes more sense. At, 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 when the main gates open, that's the town of Dale. And Dale feels like it's kind of built on the, into the side of the mountain. The, yeah. So on the some of the stuff my imagination is a little bit messed up on because I've seen Desolation of Smogs. So I've seen what they've done in there. So some of mm-hmm. that's been inflicted. In my, and I think the way they made that look in the movie is super dumb. <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. But saying it is like halfway and then they have to like take this like almost like goat trail down <laughs> makes a little bit more sense. Or maybe yeah. it's like, oh, we'd be cool be like, like the mountain and then like like a bridge that goes out 
to like the watchtowers and like then it's like a five hour track across the bridge to get to like the watchtowers. Okay, is this a Minecraft Sorry, I fortress? <laughs> oh, don't say that because the moment you say that, I must reinstall it. I've actually been wanting to play Minecraft oh, recently. God. We have access to servers, so. Well, and uh, I have color changing LED light bulbs and I just discovered a plugin that changes the color of the light bulbs to the ambient color of where you are in Minecraft. Oh my God, that's so dumb. I know. That's incredibly wow. dumb, but also awesome. Also, <laughs> they have an app that, that syncs the, the lights up with Sharknado 3, so we need to watch Sharknado okay, 3. Okay, no, no, all right, done. So back to The Hobbit. Um, yeah, they, they Now, that you know, as after they have sat for a while and had a, a little bit of meager breakfast, or not breakfast anyway. They have to go sit for a while. Um, <clears throat> Balin says that they should go um, to this old lookout post called Raven Hill. Can we talk about the breakfast first? Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Okay. So, you know, Bilbo is still trying to urge them to move because he wants to get as far away from the, from the dragon home as possible because he still thinks he's going to come back. Everyone decides, yeah, let's get a move on. So they follow the river and have to cross it, have to actually ford the river because the bridge that used to be there is gone. And there they have their little meager breakfast of a little thing called cram. And I love this. I love this line. If you want to know what cram is, I can only say that I don't know the recipe, but it is biscuit-ish. Keeps Ish. good indefinitely. Is supposed to be sustaining and is certainly not entertaining. Being in fact very uninteresting, except as a chewing exercise. It was made by the Lake Men for long journeys. Yeah. So I just get this feeling that it's probably hardtack. That's what I assume. It's like a it's like a sad dumpling. That and sounds like get, the name of a restaurant. And you get a sad dumpling. Yeah. I would not want to eat there. Everything get, would be great. You get jaws of steel. Man, sometimes that happens to me when I'm eating like a bagel sandwich or something. Oh yeah. Like I just I there reaches this point where my jaw yeah. muscles just get. Like, I just get a workout. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you and feel have, like, man, I should be using these to chew hard, tough things more often. I have lost yeah. my like. Uh, the, the carnivorous. Ba- yeah, it's jaw. like the ba- <laughs> the bagel is the kryptonite to my mandible of steel. I've got this cereal right now. It's like raisin bran, but everything is like extra branny bran. And I get that kind of feeling when I'm eating it. Also, like, the raisins are super hard. <laughs> Mandible of steel! Crunchy like fiber clusters. Basically. <laughs> no, it's not too far off. You know, after they have their, their cram, they continue on and reach the post at Ravenhill, where they find this chamber that's kind of set back a little bit, and it's dry, and it's safe, and they can rest there. Um, so, and they also can see out in like three directions pretty well. So they feel like they're pretty safe there at least, um, unless a dragon comes and burns them all to cinders and they kind of stay there and they're staring off into the distance. Then they see like a whole bunch of birds flying around the mountain and they think it's kind of odd. And that's it. Yep. That's it. They they have no idea where the dragon is. Yep. No idea where the dragon is. Haven't heard of him. Haven't heard a noise. Man, this chapter just kind of is just about exactly... Well, they, they met the Arkenstone, that's about it, really. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's again, it's a vehicle for finding the Arkenstone. We got 20% left, that's and, about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. On a random thing, I got four questions. Questions! From a listener. Um, that... It, the, the, the listener which want to be anonymous, so we got four questions here, and I thought they'd be good for today, just because, like, do we want to wrap up this chapter first? Sure, yeah. 
Okay, so I guess favorite bits. Yeah, over favorite bits from the chapter. Mine, of course, is the description of the Arcid Stone. I just like, I like it. We, we don't really get any detailed description, but I like the suggestion we have of this kind of abandoned environment. Like, maybe this is just me nerding out a little bit because I do have a master's degree in archaeology. But, like, wouldn't it be such a cool thing to explore this abandoned, like, dwarf fortress? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Like, I just, that, that's something that kind of nerds me out, too. That is still intact. I mean, that's part of why, like, my favorite thing from this was them being in the dark in this mm-hmm. gigantic chamber. Something about that's just super cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, these four questions I got from a listener. Okay, the first one is, this person's been listening to us for a while and asked, like, they, for some reason, wanted to hear, so this is not really a question as more as a favor. Okay. I don't know what that means, but they want to hear how low we can go and how high we can go in our voices. <laughs> That, that's really Don't know scary. why. Are we so. going to do this like like the THX sound at the beginning of the movies? Like, I don't know. No, I think we should do like, like we should go deepest first and then we should go like highest. Because we're all different ranges. Too. Chase is going to win deepest. Yeah, this is a bad day for me to do this because I have like a sore throat. We can but do it. It might be, it might be have, pretty awesome though. We will always respond to listener requests. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does that even count? Like, I'm not really voicing. Yeah. I don't, well, yeah. So what counts for? I mean, I, I mean, don't know. You just have just, to uh, uh, say say a thing. Okay. We should we should say a word. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, oh, we haven't Balls. used a. We haven't used a. Our vocabulary no. word of the day. <laughs> we haven't oh, yeah. used a vocabulary and, okay, word of the so day. Okay. So our our vocabulary word of the day is epistolary. Epistolary. So I know this word. Katie knows this word. Chase, do you know what this word means? Uh, you never told me, so I, I don't. Yeah, because you were rationally. Re- I was trying to figure out based upon so. epistemology and it had to do some of the thought, right? No. Well, God. epistolary um, is when Larry pisses. No. <laughs> uh, so epistolary novels are novels written in letter form. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, like a common. I don't know why this is the first one that comes to mind, but a common young adult novel is a. Perks of being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. It's all written letters to someone. Or yeah. uh, I suppose... Pa- no, never mind. I was going to say pale fire, but that's not really epistolary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can also be used to describe like a long-distance relationship. Uh, Isaac Babbles, the Red uh, Calvary. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like letters from people during like the Red Revolution. Is it Calvary or Cavalry? Calvary. Oh, okay. So it is a... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway... So- so our, our, we're going to say epistolary. We're going to say low. epistolary as low as we can. Okay. <laughs> Katie, go first. Yeah, you go first. <laughs> I'm laughing. Okay. Epistolary. 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 <laughs> and now we're going to say it as high as we can. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm going to try and not like be screaming when I do yeah, this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm trying not to. I'm okay. No screeching. Okay. Think about like when you're when you're singing the song "Living on a Prayer" at karaoke. <laughs> then don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Epistolary, busy, epistolary. I sound like a mouse, like eating cheese. Yeah, you did. Epistolary. That's not even that high, Chase. That's about as high as I can go. Epistolary. That's all Chase, you. Chase is on a much lower register. Yeah. yeah. Chase is our base. Chases our base. All right. Other question. You might you might like this one. Okay. Uh, it's either... Okay. We've probably actually had this one before. I feel like we've, we've said this before, but not on a podcast. Okay. But uh, 
Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck? Oh God! <laughs> or five duck-sized horses? The Man. duck-sized horses. Duck-sized horses. You can just kick them. They just kick them. Yeah. Sorry. Or pick them up. I, I, I do, don't like that. Do I have to fight them, or could I train them? Because think about it. Awesome. Ducks. <laughs> ducks could be like they could be scary. Like you they could, could be freaky, freaky you, scary. You could put all of the duck-sized horses. You could put a. Uh, like a yoke on them and then like balance a board across them all and like ride them like a skateboard. I would, yeah. So I would be the duck sized horse whisperer. <laughs> and I would. Duck sized horse dressage. <laughs> no, I would oh, like. Nang at your Okay. Um, and I would like fashion a chariot for them and then I would ride them into battle. Do you and, think five, like, do you think five duck sized horses would be able to pull like. How much? You th- okay, what if they could pull five duck-sized horsepower? Worth. How much? How much <laughs> yeah, how much could like a regular horse pull on its own? And one horsepower. Like one. Okay, so like one horsepower, but we have to factor that down to duck power. I don't know. Well, what would we scale it? Like, what's the average I mean, volume of a about, horse versus think a about duck? That. I mean, a okay, I know. I'm, I'm looking this shit up. Okay, so a horse, a horse. Mm-hmm. Okay, five ducks couldn't pull a carriage. No, no, but. Horses are stronger than ducks. Exactly. So, so even if they were duck sized, they would still be stronger. I feel like they would be stronger than ducks. Or would it be like ants, where their strength is is higher in proportion Ooh, to their? Ooh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know if you've thought of this. So duck I, I just but... I just typed in Wolfram Alpha. I typed a volume of duck. <laughs> <laughs> and it gave me input interpretation: whole duck amount, three ounces serving volume. So it's giving me the caloric, like, yeah. you know, stuff for, like, if you're eating duck. Oh, What's your imagine, answer, imagine what if, you, if you killed the, the horse-sized duck, imagine the meat you would get off that. It'd be it would great. be stringy. There would be so much horse duck. No we're, not duck talking, no, we're not talking about, like, we're talking about... I was talking about horse-sized duck, not the duck. Not, no, no, because, no, oh we're, not God, the horse, the we're not eating the horse. Imagine the size of the horse. That's, that's Oh, my God. You could, like, have the feast of feast with have all the pate seen, and the... Have you seen that old movie, Mysterious Island? Like, there's a scene where they fight, like, a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex-sized chicken, and then they eat it afterwards after they kill it, and it's, like, the best. And then, so they eat that one and kill it and eat it, and then they fight a giant crab later, and the crab falls into a geyser, and then it boils, so they're now they're eating crab. It's the best movie. I would like to point out that Wolfram Alpha, while it does have the volume of uh, a serving of duck, it does not have horse. So. Okay. Yes. So, other question. Other question we have. Wait, wait, what would you do? What would you fight? Uh, I would, you know what, I would probably fight, I would probably fight the, the horse-sized duck. Just because I'd be, I, I feel like you could get more spoils from that. <laughs> the in terms of gigantic duck, duck meat. Yeah, like okay. a ton of duck meat. And I realized that the spoils I didn't actually of horse answer the question. sized ducks. Yeah. <laughs> How would I even cook that too? I'd probably divvy it out. The pro- Can you, like I'm saying, make pate. You wouldn't even have to get to resort to go oh, that's like, that's to like, get that's, a beautiful liver. That'd be like four gallons of pate. Oh my god! I'm <laughs> this is certainly the weirdest episode of our podcast. <laughs> or like, or like, like buckets of riettes or something like oh. that. Okay, next question. Oh my, god. Right. oh my god! I need duck now. Can we, can we get duck after this? <laughs> next question? All right. So the next question we got is, uh, I'm saving my favorite one for last. Okay. okay. So the last one is, would you, in a, if you're in a fight, would you? Okay. Would you choose between either a baseball bat or a knife? 
This is seriously like a question. For, like for so, your weapon. For your weapon. And okay. then whoever you fight has to have the other options. So if you pick the baseball bat, you have to fight someone with a knife. If okay. you have the knife, you have to fight someone with a baseball bat. Okay. I feel like in that arrangement, it's smartest to get the baseball bat because it's more of a melee weapon than a knife is. But we don't really know like I, what kind of a knife. Because like I have a pocket knife. Am I trying to stab someone with like a three-inch Pocket I'm imagining so like let's, for, let's like say, for let's a say fighting po- knife, let's say like dagger sized. Let's say like, like, a, like, like a steak knife. A steak, knife? A steak knife. Okay. Versus a baseball bat. Uh, definitely the baseball bat. I feel like you could Okay, a knife, you're going to need to go for somewhere. You need precision. Yeah, and you need yeah, like but, soft tissue. A baseball bat is like a rough melee instrument. You can just whack someone on force. the head. Mm-hmm. If if okay, one, if they come at you with the knife, you could hit anywhere on their arm. Or, but I was thinking it was like if you have the knife, you'd be like, you just like try to angle stuff where you take the hit in the shoulder and then just stab, 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 and just not stop stabbing. I mean, that would put someone down, right? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 honestly, it would depend on my fighting style and the fighting style of my opponent. Well, if you're like so one, if, if one we're hit to the knee with that baseball bat, though, you'd be, you'd probably you'd, down. Yeah, and then they'd be, be going wham, wham, wham. Or, or just a good whack to the head with the baseball bat, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> the duck-sized horse has the knife. No. <laughs> the duck-sized horses have the baseball bat. I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think. I think in the end, I would go with the knife, take a hit to the shoulder or something, and then just go in. But it also depends on the bat. Like, are we talking like a like a wooden bat or just, like a I mean, just a, a wooden baseball bat, baseball bat. Or, 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 or metal? Or yeah, that's or what I'm saying. Like, bat. I had an aluminum bat as a kid. Yeah. See, yeah, the moment you hit someone with one of those. That's like. Or are we talking? You're not. I mean, there are so many variables. Yeah. Here. Are we talking like an <laughs> earthbound style cracked bat? I mean, is it? A, did it say a bat or a baseball bat? Because it could be a cricket bat. It just a baseball bat. Oh, okay. Is baseball it a bat. serrated knife? That's just. I'm. I'm. I'm going on the wedge of say serrated knife or uh, steak knife. So that yes, yeah, serrated. Oh, serrated. Oh. I mean. Okay. So on this note. Yeah. One of Chase's best friends from high school. This guy named Matt, I knew in, in, in junior high. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I've known you for longer than anybody else in this friend group. That's weird because, like, we're good friends, but I wouldn't, you know, it's just like. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Matt and I sat next to each other in Tech 2 in ninth grade. And as he described it, I was a monster at CAD. And I remember once designing a sword. And we were having this discussion a few weeks ago, and he's like, yeah, you did that sword. And you were like, yeah, these grooves are for the blood to flow out. <laughs> and I know that because I watched the Lord of the Rings extended edition yep. making up DVDs, and they talk about that. What, is this like some like Warhammer stuff? Like, what? <laughs> All right. I got the last question here. This was my favorite. All right. The law now is you have to move your nose somewhere that's not on your face. You have to move you your nose. You have to move your nose. So you have to move your nose. What part of your body would you move your nose? Okay, to? so one, are we like moving then our olfactory system? I feel yes. like that's the implication. Yes. You, so you, really, we're moving like our nose and our sinus cavities. Yes. Which would entail also moving our ears. No. I'm <laughs> don't over, yeah, don't overthink don't over that. Part. As, as, a, as a side note to the listeners, the point being, you sniff through this. As a side note to the listeners, I lost my sense of smell for a year and had it surgically restored. Um, I would definitely do like on my left palm, like it's my, you know, it's not my dominant hand, so it wouldn't get in the way. As actually, the back of my left hand, I guess, because yeah. then, like, imagine if you're trying to check if something is good in the grocery store, you just like stick your hand down in there and sniff. It's 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 less conspicuous. So the nose. 
Would it? Would the nose maintain its shape, or would it be like a Voldemort kind of flat <laughs> like nose? nose? Just. I okay. I'm assuming your nose You're, would. You have to wear Groucho Marx glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Hand is a pretty good. Um, like back of the hand, I, I like that. Yeah, but um, you gotta be careful when you're fighting the duck-sized horses with the baseball with the, bats. Yeah, you right? You get a nosebleed. But it hurts just as much. What if you lose your hand? You would lose your you would lose your nose too. So. Well, you how, how would this else. affect your sense of taste? Would you have to like hold your nose next to your mouth when you're chewing? Just, probably, probably. Yeah, because that's the other thing too. Uh, you know, it's taste and everything. It's the law. Yeah. And, and the question says it's the law. So I, I, mean. I, I will say when I when I lost my sense of smell. Taste, for me, I didn't notice that it had fundamentally changed, mm -hmm. uh, except for wine. Mm -hmm. See, now I couldn't live with uh, losing taste for wine, so the nose would still have to be somewhere near my mouth. Um, can't be on my head. Can it be on my neck? Yeah, I feel like yeah. neck, would, I, I feel like neck would be fine. I'm, I'm going yeah, to be a weirdo. Yeah. I'm going to be a weirdo with my nose sticking out of my neck. Then. So you're just basically one of those old ladies from a anti-cigarette PSA, smoke, you know, breathing through your neck. <laughs> What not not the front. I mean, <laughs> it, it would just be sticking out awkwardly from the side of my neck. I think. I think. I think. <laughs> I, I sat and thought about this question for a while today, and I guess I came to the hand as well, especially mm -hmm. the left palm, as being a possibility, as well as like my chest. I don't know why my chest. <laughs> that's what I came to was like my chest. All of your clothes would have to have like a cutout, so that you could breathe. Uh, yeah, through. I mean. <laughs> I feel like it'd be like a non, like that'd be fairly non conspicuous place for. I mean, everyone, it, everyone on the planet had to move their nose somewhere else. Nothing is weird in this. <laughs> like everything is like the only weird thing would be if it's back on your face. It'd be like, oh, that's weird. These are the randomest questions, and I love them. Thank you, listener. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and a little more serious news: we are recording this uh, hours after NASA released the first high-res images of Pluto and, and Charon. Or Charon? Charon? I think it's... Is it Charon? I think it's Charon. Char I'm going to call it Charon. Charon, okay. I'm going to go with. So, uh, <laughs> Just sadly, to be counterculture. If, if you recall in the summer early, and Chase and I talked a lot about Mass Effect, and sadly, it turns out that Charon is not an ice-enclosed an ice encapsulated mass relay orbiting Pluto. So at this point, we do not yet encounter the rest of the universe. However, there's a dark spot on Charon's North Pole, which has been named Mordor. Hey! Why is it dark? Have they said why it's dark yet? Because have it's they've... evil. I mean, they still probably have a lot of studies to do, but do they have a theory? Uh, that's where... Okay, so you know how... No, is, yeah, you know but... how Melkor was banished beyond like the door to the universe? That's actually mm -hmm. Pluto. Oh, there we go. There you go. For the duck-sized horses. So, that. I don't know. So Sauron hangs out on Pluto too. Eventually. <laughs> and Frodo and Sam just managed they build a to, spaceship. They don't, managed to plan it. This part. <laughs> I love how everybody has grafted on the fact that Pluto has a giant heart-shaped, like massive plane on it. Yeah. I love how everyone's just gravitated towards that. And everyone's like, "We love you too, Pluto," because. My my favorite thing over the past few days has been the uh, like the reaction from Pluto. It's like, oh yeah, you break up with me, and that drives I know. Oh, but Pluto, it's just that you're not a planet. Doesn't mean we don't love you. I mean, okay, it's it's still a planetoid. <laughs> it's a dwarf planet. It's a dwarf planet. 
and it's, just, it's not just not part of, part of, it's not part of, of the eight. Yeah. Well, okay. So I've seen a bunch of people post like, "I love you, planet," or "I love you, Pluto." You're still a planet to me, and they're posting pictures from NASA, and I'm like, okay, you what what you're doing would be <laughs> what you're doing would be like going to like a paleontology museum and being like, "Oh my god, I love dinosaurs," but evolution is a lie. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, you were you were using this scientist's product and then saying, or, "I disagree with you." What you or back, yeah. back in like 2005, where they were like. I really, I really like the brontosaurus. Brontosaurus is still a dinosaur to me. I don't care what y'all say, even though now brontosaurus is considered yeah. a dinosaur again. And like, all you're doing is perpetuating your nostalgic view of uh, what things but are. The stupid that, rhyme I learned. Now my very sciences. excellent mother just served us nine pizzas. <laughs> my very excellent mother served us nine. No, my, <laughs> my, my very excellent mother just served us non nougat. Yeah, there we go. Or what, non. I like what's non. the weirdest Better. food we can we can shoehorn in? I know I like non. Nougat, just pure nougat, or nougat like a bucket of nougat. Or... Nutria. <laughs> you ever cooked Nutria, Chase? What is Nutria? Isn't it like a rodent? No, I thought you were like saying like something like Soylent. I I almost. Hey Siri, what is a Nutria? I almost bought some like bulk bucket of mud food just because I don't know why. Chase, you spoke over my Siri. What is Nutria? Alright, here's what I got. Vegemite about. Read it. The Koipu, Koipus, also known as the River Rat or Nutria, is a large, herbivorous, semi-aquatic rodent and the only member of the family Myostoridae. Told you. I gotta see a picture. Oh, sorry. Okay, I found No, this no, stop, Jerry! <laughs> Find me pictures of Nutria. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, You'll need to unlock. Now it says find me pictures of Nutria anyway, anyway. Forget it. So. Yeah. Katie, have you had Vegemite? I have not. That's uh, nasty. My Vegemite <laughs> mother just served us Nutria. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Pluto's moon has. Uh, First moon. Pluto's first moon has a, a cursed land from Middle Earth. Oh, it's so dumb. Upon it, and I imagine it'd be like a capybara. We answered some weird questions. Yeah, keep them coming. Oh, I would like to say. Uh, yeah, look at this thing. It does look like a capybara. It's like a beaver capybara mixed mm-hmm. with. Oh no, Clint Howard. Uh, yes. So I would like to say uh, some friends of the show, Mark and Avon. Uh, who have supported us from the very beginning, have launched a podcast of their own called The Endless Knot. Uh, You can find it in iTunes under that name. I'll post a link to it as well. And Mark is a medievalist and Avon is a classicist. So they look at kind of the history behind words, thoughts, concepts, and society and kind of trace their lineage. So go ahead and give that a listen. Um, Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, And they're Canadian university professors. I... Used to study medievalism and obviously know a lot about classics because of archaeology. And so they've been good, good academic Twitter friends for five or six years now. Also, we'd like to say thanks for donating to our Patreon account. Um, if you didn't know, we uh, have launched a Patreon. It, you can find us, just search Talking Tolkien there. Um, and basically what uh, that's there for is to help us... Um, grow the show. Grow the show. Um, buy our own server space because right now we're borrowing chases. Um, buy equipment um, and other needed items. Accoutrement. <laughs> so uh, if you would like to, you can donate 
anywhere from a dollar to whatever you'd like. Ten thousand to monthly. ten thousand oh, monthly. Um, oh, we would all quit our jobs if you wait. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. That's no, that would be awful. No, we would just we put would, all we, our full work and effort. We into would make four thousand dollars a year <laughs> if no, one we person would, gave ten. We would just be able to make a really awesome product. I mean, yes, we could. <laughs> At least semi-professionally edit and record it, and we would have a recording studio. Oh, Twenty thousand yeah. dollars. But we also appreciate. Oh, you're right. Ten thousand. Oh, yeah, I was thinking one thousand. Yeah, okay, yes. Would, please we, do get that. And we would just put all of our full effort and work into this one thing. Yeah, forty thousand dollars a year is not bad for recording a single podcast. Yeah. But anyway, we also really appreciate just a share um, of the of the page. Um, and again, you can find us uh, all over on many different. Platforms. Yep. iTunes, we're talking Tolkien, Stitcher, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. We own the URL for both of those, as well as talkingtolkien.com. If you want to ask us more off the wall questions, the professor at talkingtolkien.com. Or comment on our Facebook or tweet us or all of the above. Send us smoke signals. I am John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. Bye. Bye.